Hello, everybody, and welcome to Almost Exactly's podcast. On tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about hard work and what that means to each of us. Hard work pays. So for me, I've always heard that hard work, uh, like Kyle said, hard work, hard work pays. Um, but I've always kind of questioned what exactly hard work is, uh, like what the definition of hard work is, how much work is actually hard work. So I think tonight we're going to try to break that down and figure out what that, what that really means. Well, let's start off with what does it feel like to work hard? What's your definition of that physically, mentally, emotionally? Yeah. Um, I think. Does it mean breaking? No, I don't. I don't think hard work means you're working to the point of breaking. I think it means you work to the point of by the time you get in bed at the end of the day, you're you're ready to pass out. Like you've you've felt like you've accomplished enough during your day to just lie down and be done with that day. Yeah, I like that, like feeling accomplished at the end of the day. Like I'm someone who needs checklists. Like that's how I feel like I'm getting things done and keep holding myself accountable. And if I've checked off, you know, a bunch of things off my list at the end of the day, that's how I feel like I've worked hard and gotten things done. For me, it's, it's, it is working to the breaking point mentally, emotionally, literally working yourself to death. That's what I define as hard work, um, getting pneumonia, getting strep throat, <laughs> getting sick because not being able to talk because you've talked so much, not being able to stand up because your body's broken so bad. That's really, I think, where the results are. You want to make the big bucks, you've got to do the stuff that the other guys aren't willing to do, and that's my definition of hard work. But do you think that by working yourself to the breaking point like that, you almost do things that are detrimental to your ability to work hard? No, no. I think it's going to do things that are detrimental to your health and maybe especially your mental health. Mm -hmm. But I definitely have found that if you're willing to do things that other people aren't willing to do, I feel like it also pushes the pace for the people around you. Like if you're kind of the leader of the business, they kind of, they'll follow like, oh, 12 hours isn't enough. Definitely. I think, I think that when you are a leader of anything, leading by example is something that is crucial to things going successfully for you from, from you all the way down the ladder. Um, I would say though, that I disagree uh, a bit when, when you say that of course does. working yourself, <laughs> yeah, of course I do. Here we go. Working yourself to the breaking point is is what hard work means i don't think that i think what we're going to find through this discussion is that there is no um definition of hard work that is the same for everybody but i think that being healthy is a huge factor that plays into anybody's all across the board ability to work hard whatever their addition of work hard is I think so too and for me personally like I'm someone who works very hard when I'm at work and work very hard when I'm at school um, but mental health and like not making myself go crazy with how hard I'm working is something I've always tried to and struggled to find a balance in between so I think the older I get the more experience I have with working I'm like okay I need that balance or I can't work as hard as I want to when I want to and when I need to. So I think the balance is something that's really important and something that like you obviously need to work really hard and be willing to do things other people won't do to be really successful. But I think if that's all you do, then that's definitely going to make it harder for you to keep that pace up. Yeah, that's a good point. I also think that all in nature, all growth is based on defect. So you have all the lines lined up 
and the one lion that has you know a missing leg or a broken back its brain's going to mutate differently and come up with different ways to solve problems and it's based on defect so if you're you know i know so many people that are into health and they watch what they eat and they don't eat this and they don't eat that and they're the perfect and i i can live off twinkies and i feel i'm stronger than them i can work more than them <laughs> and i really believe that growth is based off defect you need to push your body to a point where it's like almost broken and that stress is where you're going to be able to see and solve things that the other guys can't because they're just not stressing their body. So when you really stress your body, it's almost like you mutate, you, you know, and people might look at you as crazy because, you, you know, you get, you, you get a little, you know, there's some side effects, anxiety and stress and all that stuff. But kind of based on that theory, if you look in nature, it's very true. All growth is based on defect. And I kind of feel like in business and humans that's it's the same thing like if you're willing to stress yourself to where it's like a defect where you're not taking care of your health you're not doing the right things that you're told there's some in that dark area there's some gems to be found at least for me it's almost pushing yourself to that point or having the inability to do things in a normal way which I guess would be the case if you push your body to a breaking point, you're no longer able to do things in a normal way. I, I, I think when you're in that space, you, you're forced to find a way to make things that may have been simple at one time happen or even make the things that you've been working so hard for happen just because you feel like there's no other option once you get to that point of breaking. Um, and you'd feel completely, completely broken after the fact if you've broken yourself and still not completed any, any type of task that you had sort of anticipated completing, having worked yourself that hard. But I, I, I kind of wanted to get in before we move on from um, hard work. I, I, I want to talk about getting to work because for me, I'm definitely – I'm definitely the type of person who, once I start working, I kind of can't stop, and I'm going to work until projects are completed or, or tax, tasks are done. But before I get started, I, I really struggle with getting started. So I, I'm, I'm wondering if you guys have any um, kind of similar problems with actually getting to work and getting things started so that you can actually begin to to work hard? Uh, I think this is a lot of people's problems that tomorrow's their busiest day. Right. So the guy's got all the talent in the world, but he just doesn't do it. I, I'll do this tomorrow. I see it all the time. I'm going to do this tomorrow. I'll get this done tomorrow. And for me, I just want to do it right there. I just, no matter what it is, whatever the idea is, I just want to do it right now. I want it right now. And it actually makes me very hard to work with. And because I want everything right now, like there is no time, you know, my mom passed away young. Uh, you know, I kind of have this idea that I'm going to die young. I need to accomplish things right now. I don't have time for, for waiting. And I just want to get at it right now. If there's an idea, all right, let's go. Like no hesitation. Just let's go. So I do notice that a lot of people have that. And I don't know if it's a good thing the way I am, but my way gets results. And uh, like I said before in the last one, that failure is part of the process. It, failing is just, I don't have a problem failing. It's, I have a problem not doing. And I, I'm a firm believer, you don't need things to be 100%. You just need to do them. And it's like with my employees, I just want you to show up. Just show up on time and the rest will, like, just showing up weeds out like 90% of people just can't show up. Mm -hmm. So just show up. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's just because kind of I've been working so long, like that rule, if you just show up and just get to work, it'll just work its way out. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I've definitely seen, especially in business, why 90% of the people I know fail in business is because of what you're saying. They just don't do mm -hmm. like, and you kind of just gotta like, it's not, don't think, just do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and something for me that it, something that is part of the reason why I struggle with actually beginning something is 
I'll look at every single thing that has to get done instead of looking at the things one thing at a time. So I feel very, very, very overwhelmed with the amount of work I actually have to get done that I almost feel like I I don't even want to start or, or get to it because it just seems so impossible to task. So I think that that is something. And we wanted to talk about um, goals and dreams tonight as well. Um, and I think this is kind of the same thought. For me, you know, I think it's really important to set huge goals and huge dreams and, you know, as I say, reach for the stars. But for me, that is something that I definitely do. I definitely have, I set very high standards for myself. But that makes the goals further off in the distant, in the distance. And it makes the process feel a lot slower. And it almost feels totally unproductive at times. And I struggle with feeling like I never do enough. Um, so something recently that I've been trying to do more of is, is, lay out milestones that are significant um, along the path to my eventual big dreams and big goals being accomplished. That helps you feel, no matter what, more accomplished during the day, and it feels you feel makes you feel more like you've worked harder, and it, it, it makes it easier for me, at least, to get started with that work and, and know that at least if I do these couple of things, I'm three quarters of the way to my milestone as opposed to, you know, light years away from, from the eventual, eventual goal. Yeah. I think that's probably hugely helpful just to, you know, keeping your motivation up for pursuing those more long-term goals, but also having, you know, more achievable, achievable goals or closer to attain, I guess would make more sense. Um, but bouncing back to the, just the difference of like wanting to get started on work and having that barrier, like not being able to jump right into it and then versus jumping right into it. I think something I learned at my last job, which is this is what they called it, was sense of urgency, which I love because when somebody has a sense of urgency about something, especially if that's like your leader or you know someone that you're working on something with, if they have that, at least for me, like that's contagious. Like. Mm -hmm when we were talking about this podcast, we're like, had a sense of urgency. Like, this is our idea. We love it. We were passionate about it. Let's do it. Like, let's get the microphones. Let's get started. I think that is something that's contagious and something that's really beneficial to have. Um, and I think if maybe that doesn't come as naturally, something that I like to do um, is make my checklist <laughs> because that allows me to like really single out my different goals and different tasks that I have to do and then apply sense of urgency to it. Um, maybe to certain things that I'm not as excited about. Um, but yeah, I think that's really important to focus on individual things, apply the sense of urgency, and then just do it. And I think once you decide that you're doing it or if you just go do it, then the universe kind of moves with you. Like it just yeah, happens I and I just gets done. I think also when you're making your lists, I like to try to put the things that are the most important at the very top of the list and then sort of work my way down to the least important task for the day and put that toward the bottom of the list so that way the tasks get hopefully easier as the day progresses and work really starts to flow and you, you, you really start to feel like you're getting a lot done. I don't know, Kyle, how, how, do, you, how do you plot out your days and, and because you're meeting with people all the time throughout the day and you know a lot of my stuff is via phone call and I know that you have to go and actually look at interiors at home and meet homes and meet with clients and things like that so yeah and I've I've seen guys that use the lists and all that my whole thing is putting myself in a mindset of a winner and what that means is there is no option right when your back's against the wall if you don't figure it out you don't eat so, you know, guys laugh at me. I blow all my money on $1,000 shoes and fancy car. I spend a lot of money. And I tell people the reason I do that is I want to be in the mindset of being broke. So when I'm in the mindset of I don't have a, I don't need lists, I don't need feelings or goal. Like I don't have any of those. Like when you, when you describe that stuff, it's like, it's like, those are feelings. I don't have any feelings like that towards work is I need the money. I need it right now. And but, so in order to be in that mindset, you kind of got to spend the money as fast as you get it. 
So with my business, I make $100, I spend $100. Like I reinvest, I hire more people. And I constantly, and I think what Sarah said is true, that is contagious. When, some, when you're working for a guy like that, you feel you're a part of something. Like when you see the boss make, you know, a hundred grand and then go buy a house and, you know, it just kind of like, oh, the, the business isn't going to grow. But when you see the boss take, you know, you make a big sale and then he reinvests it, remodels the office, you know, buys new supply. Like it just makes you, it makes you feel like you're part of a team. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same for family. Like when, when I get my check and I, I spend all the money and, uh, the end of the month we're broke. It makes them feel like there's a sense of urgency where, you know, tomorrow is not guaranteed. We kind of got to like figure be creative and figure things out. And it just, it's just, I really think she hit the nail on the head. It's creating a culture uh, around you where people like they're attracted to that. Like they want to be around that guy or girl. And it but really is contagious. As far as knowing what needs to get done, to get done though because again our businesses are in different instinct stages you don't, you, i honestly don't map out my day i just wake up and once my feet hit the ground i gotta go yeah i gotta figure it out i don't yeah. and i just kind of take it as it comes i really the god's honest truth is i really don't map too much out yeah it just i know and i kind of look at it like i know a lot of people like oh at five o'clock i gotta go home i like it's all day like I'll go home if there's not if I figured everything out my phone's not ringing I'll go home, but if there's drama I won't leave like I can like I said I can work three days straight mm-hmm. so whatever it takes I'm gonna get it done but mm-hmm. if there's nothing to do yeah I'm gonna be a bum yeah I'm gonna just go relax but when there's stuff to do you do it mm-hmm. and I I kind of just there is no list there is no like structure just kind of a little bit of craziness but it works for me yeah but working with employees underneath you do you not have because because from my from my end kind of just having built the foundation of a company i it is very instinctual i guess you could say what i feel like i need to get done on a daily basis i know that you know there are certain things that i've been working on or that i need to work on in order to to start reaching goals and, and reaching milestones but at the same time, I'm trying to establish systems that. But when you say goals scale, and milestones, don't you just mean revenue? No, I mean, well, I, I guess yes and no. But for me, there's a lot. I've I've spent a lot more time than I realized building a foundation of this company that I feel is sturdy enough to build the first and second and third and fourth and fifth floor on. And I think the goals that I they're they're very short term like finish the website or finish a uh, subscription form or finish a video that i can use to advertise my services or finish see when i was at my stage of my business that was as that my my goals were still i need to make this amount of money this month and then once i get that money i'll build the website but like it was just money like i had money goals i need my rents, you know, 3,600, my kid's school. So I need eight grand right yeah, now. Yeah. And then once I get that eight grand, whatever's left over, okay, I'll build the website. Okay, I'll do it. Like, yeah. I just kind of like do it. Like, what is, what do I need to survive? And no matter what, I need to get that right now. Yeah. And then once I've gotten that, then I go, okay, what can I, you know, when I, my personal's taken care of, anything left just goes into the business. Yeah. So I, I guess that's, I guess you could say that my, my goals are monetary. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, they, they kind of have to be monetary, but. Like what's the in, base for you? It's to my, survive, right? Yeah. So pay but, this, the business needs to pay your rent, yeah, your yeah, food. Yeah. Right. But in my case, in my case, I, like we've talked about a million times, I'm not a salesman. I'm learning more and more and more to be a salesman. But for me, these little goals, like, producing a video for this or that or finishing the website or promoting a mailing list or growing a social media account like those things for me are the means by which the monetary goal will be met so for you you're saying it's opposite for you you're saying you're going to go make money 
and then invest that money back into the things that in my case are what will make me the money. So it's just kind of an opposite approach. And I think it has to do with the the mentality that we both have. Like you are a businessman and that's been you know, you've you've proven that to be true since I've met you. You you talked about that on our previous episode. And I am I am learning to be a businessman. But I'm I'm just I'm a creative and I know that the skills that I offer and the skill set that I bring to the table for businesses is valuable, but it's taking me time to But what I'm saying a businessman's a mindset. Not so much a a skill, it's a mindset. Yeah, but it is a skill though too, because how many people succeed at being an artist? But it's a skill you'll get it's like swimming. It's mm-hmm. a it's a skill you'll get by getting thrown in the water. Yeah, it's not like you need this university. You need this guy. You just go jump in the water, mm-hmm. and you will figure it out. Mm-hmm. Just go spend all your money mm-hmm. and go broke, and then you'll figure out how to get money. Mm-hmm. Is that? Yeah, and I guess. It's and just, when you figure that out, I guess those are skills. Yeah. But really, what it is, it's mindset. Yeah. It's like getting yourself in that mindset. Mm-hmm. And I think there's no two businesses that do go about it in the same way no it's it's just totally different like you can just you know you get your your lead on your email and then you just call them and sell them and any any and everyone has a different way Mm -hmm. it's like it's like relaxing you can smoke weed you can do yoga you can go for like everyone's got their way to get their mind at a certain place and i feel it's the same in business that you need to be in a get the money mindset Mm -hmm. And everyone has their way of getting it to, to that place. Right. I'm just saying my way of getting to that place mm-hmm. is spend all my money yeah. and then wake up in the morning and be like, where's the money? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that, I guess, kind of circles back to hard work because I guess the reason that anybody would want to work hard is just solely to make a living, you know, to be successful in whatever it is that they're doing and whatever that they deem success is for themselves. So in Kyle's case, you know, grinding away on the phone and and reinvesting his money into advertising or, you know, whatever else he does, that would be his definition of hard work because it's what he does to get to where he needs to be. And it's it's what my competition or my employees or it's what anybody that wants to be in my position isn't willing to do so no i don't know anybody that's got two kids you know school all the things that come with that and is spent literally spending everything they make so most people they go to work nine to five they put a little money away it's like that they're working for security and i have no security Mm -hmm. so what i mean hard work mental state is the anxiety the stress Nobody wants this, but that's really my definition of hard work. Not like physical working, the stress, like how much stress you can take. So you take uh, my business that does 5 million a year. What if my business does 50 million a year? The difference between me and the guy who's running a business that does 50 million a year is the ability to manage stress and anxiety. Not that, not really how many hours he works in a day or how hard he's working, more in his ability to manage the mindset of the side effects that come with with doing that risk you know do you think that with scale those feelings of anxiety and the ability to manage the stresses that come along with it gets easier um well well actually let me talk about this i kind of came up with the theory and I call it rubber band theory. So when you pull a rubber band, all this tension builds in it, all right? And what a lot of people do when they feel this tension and stress in their body, they try to numb it. They try to like run, run from it, take drugs or do whatever, just numb it. And what ends up happening, it breaks. And so I've broken the rubber band before, but now what I've learned is you kind of embrace it and so when, when the stress comes, you don't numb it. And what happens is, it's, I don't know, it's kind of weird, but it'll just naturally get to a point and then release. And when it releases, you're going to shoot so far forward in life that you're going to break through everything. 
and it's kind of like a breakthrough point. So like when I started this business, I remember I, me and my partner, Abel, we worked so hard and, you know, we had no references and, it, you know, we're trying to get $100,000 from people that we just met. And I worked myself so bad that I got pneumonia, and it, but you know what? Next year, so we had TV deals we couldn't pay for, and the next year we just exploded. And the difference between me at 40 dealing with the stress opposed to me at 28 dealing with the stress is I'm a man now. I didn't run from it. So before I would just do whatever to avoid it. And I didn't really have a breakthrough and I ended up breaking and losing everything. And now when the stress came in my body, I kind of just embraced it and like I had no option. I didn't run from it. I think having kids really help root you like that. You get stronger, but it really, uh, the rubber band stretched so far. And then I just launched, I just TV deals, TV show. You saw it, Matt, just this crazy growth. And I came up with this theory where when that hits you, that stress, and it's really hard to explain to a guy like you because it's coming, bud. Like, it's coming. Mm -hmm. Like, debt, risk, reward, all those things. You cannot make a million dollars without risking a million dollars. So that's what you've got in store from you. And so my advice would be, and it's really hard to give this advice. It's just something you got to do is don't run from it. Embrace it and know that when you get stressed to your max, it is kind of like, I don't know what it is, like faith or whatever. You have to believe that something good's going to happen to me. And it just, it just, you just shoot forward so fast and uh, you come out so much stronger on the other side. Yeah. I don't think that you can level up without that level of stress, or at least for me personally, anytime I'm like stretched to my breaking point, I feel like I can't do anything else I'm freaking out I'm you know having all this anxiety I feel like that's when I'm growing the most and then like you said it just it stops it releases and you're you know launching forward you're moving on to the next thing I think that it's just kind of a natural part of progress and growth Um, and it is super uncomfortable I think that probably everybody could agree on that but yeah learning to um, just accept it and know that it means that you're working to better yourself or move on in whatever area of your life you're experiencing that I think is the way to go. Like once you can learn to do that, I think you can almost like use it to your advantage. And that kind of also leads into like the power of thought. Like when you're in that situation and yeah, you're stressed and all this is going on. If you know, okay, I'm going to go through this, but then I'm going to shoot way forward. I'm going to get to the next level. I'm going to, you know, optimism. Yeah, exactly. Like having that positive thought, even when you're feeling stressed, if it's going to turn out okay, or I'm going to get to this next level, I think is what really will propel you forward. Yeah. Kyle was making fun of me a while back. I posted something (laughs) on Instagram and said, you need to be the most optimistic when it's the most difficult to be optimistic. (laughs) And I think I hate the positive, uh, positive <laughs> reinforcement quotes. I well, really it's because do. you didn't I have them. it. When you uh-huh. them bro. I love. I want to smash through them. <laughs> it's because you didn't have it when you needed it, bro. But I feel like part of that manifests. Like I, t- I get what you're saying. Like you feel like for you, like the tension and the stress, which again everybody goes through. But like spending all your money, like putting yourself in that situation, like helps you. That's my. Forward. That's my I way of like getting I'm, there. Yeah. Right. Which everybody has their own way. Everyone's got their cool. own way. Do you like, think that the harder it is? Fit all, but. Do you think right. that the harder it is and the slower the process, the bigger the bigger the thing is that you're doing? That's a, that's a good question. Um, hmm. Yeah, that's a really deep question um, because I would, I would sometimes yes. I do believe sometimes that if it's meant to be, it comes easy. It's mm-hmm. weird, mm-hmm. but it, the like if something. If, if you're just hitting your head over and over, you kind of got to step back and yeah. go, is this, you know, you know, you yeah. know, that guy who, you know, who's like, he's trying so hard to and be nowhere. something and you just want to tell him mm-hmm. this isn't for you. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I used to play junior hockey and the coach's son played on the team mm-hmm. and the, he wanted his son so bad to be a hockey it's player. Very typical. And I, he was my buddy. And he would like tell me like, ah, I don't really want, like I wanted to go to the dad, like just stop, like just, and, but his whole thing was he's telling his kid like, this is, it's meant to be hard if it, but for me, I've seen guys that were meant to be hockey players and it came very easy to them. Mm -hmm. 
and then I've seen guys who thought they were hockey players, and they just yeah, it's like they're they weren't accepting the reality, that and so be, you don't. Yeah. I feel like you don't want to be that guy, but at the same time, if you if you're going to go on a journey up a, a, a long hill, it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> it, you know, there's kind of a middle ground where you kind of want if if you were if you're hitting your head a lot you got to step back but yeah that i mean that's probably part of the reason why you hate the the positive affirmation exactly i can't tell you how many losers i know that got these positive quotes and i yeah. just want to take, shake them go yeah stop yeah this, well th- i i think that the i think that the positive affirmations i think they're great and i think that a lot of people think that they're super relatable and a lot of people love to hear it and, and it helps a lot of people kind of get that little bit of extra fuel that they need to, to get some work done, you know, say they're stuck or say they're pounding their head against the wall. But I think it's, I think it's really important to be self-aware. Yeah. I, I think that because not everybody's cut out to do everything, everything. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, not everyone gets a, a medal. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. There's no, <laughs> well, and that's, yeah, there. that's a good point because there's no, I mean, but I, I mean, we keep the, we, we, we do keep talking about how the lessons in failure are what lead you to success. Yeah. So say you're pounding your head against the wall for no reason and you do find out, oh, that's not for me. Like whatever that was that I was trying to do is not for me. And that, that is, I guess, a failure that you are then able to learn from yeah, that leads you and to then move else. on to the next thing. I think so. Maybe, I mean, but, but in order for you to realize that you need to be incredibly self-aware and you can't just be. But what makes you self-aware? How do you become incredibly self-aware? Go broke. Nothing also, will let you know quicker yeah. your position in the food chain yeah. than not being able to eat. Yeah. yeah. So if you're a rich kid, you can live a facade <laughs> of I'm a I'm going to be a basketball yeah. player. But if you're poor, and if you don't if you don't get paid to play basketball, you're not going to eat. You just figure it out quicker. So yeah. that's what I kind of go back to. You want to be in the mindset where you're going to know right there. Once your fit hit, feet hit the ground in the morning, there's no, there is no room for delusion, positive yeah. thinking. Like it's just cold heart reality. Mm-hmm. And that's really what you want to be that state yeah. in business. And I think realizing that cold heart reality is then what kind of gives you the blueprint to like what your work ethic should be and and kind of what sets the tone for i guess what your definition of hard work will end up being yeah i feel like it's a combination it's going to be different for everybody yeah i feel like you like you have to have the sense of urgency i keep going back to that because you do have to have that like you're not going to be successful if the mindset like you said it's how you get there for me the only way i get there Mm -hmm. is by being broke yeah. See, I feel like it's a combination for me. Like I need the sense of urgency, but I also need to have a positive outlook because I feel like on some level I'm creating the outcome. Like if I feel like this is for me and I'm passionate about it, if I'm like not feeling good about it, I'm not going to make it happen in the same way that I would if I'm having that positive outlook. And I think if you're getting results through creativity, you know, being a creative person, mm-hmm. I feel like that's all the creative people think the way you're thinking. But if you're getting results yeah. just by aggression, hard work, like <laughs> just because you're just waking up, I want it, mm-hmm. I need it, yeah. mm-hmm. is a different. Like I'm not trying to think you. I'm not trying to think too much. Yeah. Just, just. See, I'm, do. Not, I'm yeah. not either necessarily. I think that just the the route I'm taking to to get to the money piece of a business is totally different. I guess you could say I'm working smarter. Yes. Yeah. You know? Um, I'm trying to set things up to have them hopefully be able to run themselves a bit moving forward down the road a tad. Which, but that's not something that Kyle can do. He can't go buy, he's not Tesla. He can't go buy robots that are going to build a kitchen. Or it's, it's a different, I guess it depends on a business model as well. Like, a lot of the stuff I do is online. I can, I can, you know, write stuff or, or have things set up to a point where they sort of work for them. Like they do the hard sell stuff, hopefully, ideally, like you do on the phone, online. So there's, it's going to be a different approach, 
hard work, smart work, I think they're like almost synonymous. If you, if you, but you're back. going in, in order to grow your business, you're going to require employees yeah. and the employees are going to need to have the culture of, if you don't get me the money, I don't give you the money. Yeah. So they're not, they're, they're not going to be thinking like you creatively yeah. or they're, they need to be thinking when their feet hit the ground, I got to go get Matt money. So mm-hmm. he in turn gives me money. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to learn how to think to lead those guys. Yeah. And those guys are going to be completely, once you build your sales team, your sales team are not going to be creative types. No, they're going to be people with no education, mm-hmm. straight, just, just work ethic dudes. Yeah. And those guys are going to be money driven. Yeah. So yeah. You're building the system for them to operate in. Yeah. But once you built that system, you're going to have to switch and become the leader of those guys. Yeah. Which I don't think I'm going to have a, a, a super hard time doing, honestly. I think that I, I think that by that point, I'll have realized that more clearly. Um, and hopefully that the system set up are a reflection of myself enough. That, But you, you were telling me, and this is something that I'm also happy sort of figuring out now is that your business isn't entirely a reflection of yourself. And I think that I've built a lot of myself into my business. So it's, it's hard for me to do certain things like that, like a hard sale because that's not me at this point in time. Um, but I think by the time I do say have a a sales team who is able to reach out to, to people in, in, um, you know, the email list or a lead that's been generated, I think by that point, um, maybe that will be more me because, you know, by then I'll, I'll have had things built more substantially. And, th- and this is where like the positive thing, maybe I am, but it's more like ego when what you're talking about there is I have belief. I truly believe that it's the customer's lucky day meeting me. So that's why it's easy for me to sell them because I feel like there isn't another person that's as honest as me that's going to be looking at like, I'm so focused on building the best business possible that I kind of feel like my customers are lucky. Mm-hmm. Like, because I'm gonna do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to make them happy. So it's, it, it, you're saying the word hard sell, but really it's my belief in myself and I feel like I don't sell. I feel like I'm just educating, like, this is the facts, mm-hmm. you know, this is how much Which I that's pay. What it, that's what it should be. Yeah. This I'm trying to like the business from the get go has been very simple for me. Number one customer, number two worker. I really feel like I'm very good guy. That's always going to be looking out for my customer and I'm always going to be looking out for my workers. And so it, the business becomes self-regulating, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, I guess it, I, I, I do sell, but really I'm, I feel I'm more projecting myself mm-hmm. than selling myself. Yeah. And I feel like it works mm-hmm. because it's coming across, it's coming across genuine. And when you see some of my marketing, it does come across cheesy, but it's because I'm, it, that's actually hard. Like selling is actually hard for me. Like is when it? I have to sell, I'm not very good. When I can just be face to face with somebody, I'm I'm like the be- I'm the best there is at that. Mm-hmm. I'm the best. I know me better than anyone else, so it's very easy for me. But when I go on TV, it's that I feel like it's actually hard. I have to kind of think like, oh, what should I say? But when it's just face to face, I'm good. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I feel like it's definitely really important to like recognize your value. And yes. I think like what you're talking about, you recognize your value, like you're genuine, you're going to give these people, you know, the kitchen of their dreams. Like you are genuinely caring about your customers and people can feel that. That's not something that you can fake. Like if somebody goes and they meet with you and, you know, you're telling them all the different services you can provide from them, they can feel your skill and your care about their business and how you want to make them better, how you want to improve their lives as a new kitchen. Like that's, yes. You can't fake that. I have, you want to talk about skill. I I also think this, your reputation enters the room before you do. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of weird. Like, it's like when a guy gets in like a hundred fights, for some reason you just know, like I don't mess, you 
you don't even know about these been in hundred <laughs> fights. You just he just carries them like his reputation. Yeah, you just know. And I feel like if you're a straight up guy, a good guy who's never screwed anybody, who everybody likes, who takes care of his mom, it's just like that. Just that just follows you in life, and then you attract those people also. And I really yeah. think the reason, uh, you know, me and Matt kicked it off. It was you know video whatever. But there's lots of guys I can get to do video. But I just like, like being me. around them. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so that's a big part of it where people just want to be around you. Mm-hmm. They just just like it. Like you're not going to, they can tell you something and you're not going to use it against them. Or you're not like trying to figure out an angle. You're just, you're just making yourself yeah. available. Yeah. So then I guess in that aspect, when you're looking at it that way, the business is a perfect reflection of who you are. Culturally. Yeah. Yeah. My business, my business culturally is everything. It's all me. It's yeah. like my DNA. Yeah. But it's definitely grown. And I don't want to say my business. Like, I, there's lots. It's like with you. You had a big part of my business. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. Like, I'm, I don't believe, like, this whole thing in America, I'm self made. No, I don't believe exist. it. Yeah. There's like, you need no to be, I, you need to be part of a group. And, I feel like there's many people that's helped me help my business grow and their, their DNA is now woven into the business. So mm-hmm. it's like, I think I'm, I'm the leader. I put the culture in there, but now there's like many layers of like what American kitchen company is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, um, that's interesting because for the past couple of weeks I've been trying to, detach myself a little bit from the business because I felt like I was getting too attached to it but now having kind of heard that and and talked that through I feel like it's just a layer a layer of it like a layer of it should 100% be a reflection of you like culturally yeah so when you get your sales guys they're not going to be anything like you yeah but you want them to be honest guys Mm -hmm. you want them to be good like you know, you want to be just yeah. because someone's different, like mean you're different, but I still want to be around you. Yeah. So you want to have like all these different like takes. Yeah. yeah. But culturally, you want them to be good people and, you know. Yeah. I mean, up to this point, every time we've talked about me getting the sales guys in here to to help me out, I've, I've thought about it as something that would be detrimental to. <laughs> <laughs> To the image of my business, which is not the case. I mean, salespeople, they're all, I mean, they're good. They're Think good of guys Elon Musk and Tesla. He needs sales guys. Mm-hmm. You know, he's some visionary genius. I'm yeah. sure he's against that, but yeah. it, it's but part of business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to sell. Yeah. And I think what you said about being the leader and you've kind of set the tone, like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's primarily your DNA in the business. Like the people who work underneath you or with you in your business they're definitely woven into that dna and the fabric of what the business is but at the same time it's you know it's like one of those 51 50 or uh, 51 49 splits like it's always it's always going to be more a rep- representation of who you are yes than who anybody else is underneath you yeah. which now i get i guess like now i'd be less worried to hire some, which they're, I mean, they're probably going to be good people. Like it's something that's foolish to even be afraid of to begin with. But, you know, they end up, you know, they, they will just make up a piece of what this is. They won't, even though they're talking to a potential client or whatever it is, they're not going to be the only thing that represents the company. Like I will still be the primary feature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> poster child of this company <laughs> i guess you could say no it's you're the, yeah. you're the ceo the leader i'm the ceo that's the most what am i <laughs> the ceo what? i'm the what the leader and the and the ceo the ceo <laughs> yeah so i mean that's uh that's definitely an interesting take on on all of that because it's something that i struggle with quite a bit honestly did well, we have a lot to take in at 28 yeah, I'm not even 28. 27. <laughs> 24. Say 24? Oh, my partner, my, my buddy, my partner in my business is 28. I always confuse him. Abel is 28? He's 28, yeah. Yeah, he's young for sure. He is, and uh, it's funny because 
I've, I had a big business at 28. So I know like, especially like with the big thing, what we're dealing with now is stress. We're growing, we're risking a lot more money and I can see it in him. You know, the, just the money, it's just stresses him. And, uh, he, he's handling it so much better. You know, I was a mess at 28. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's crazy to see how, how kids are, you know, 24. Yeah. It's just, it's just crazy. Cause mm-hmm. at 24, I, you know, I don't, don't even want to say what I was doing. Giving a shot. Yeah. Don't, you're not allowed. <laughs> see, I feel like a lot podcast. of people though at 24, like feel like they're not doing enough or they haven't accomplished enough. And I, I feel that like, I'm like, Oh, I could, I could have yeah. done this and this and this, and I haven't like, but like, what? that's, that's because their version of working hard, I think is completely different. No, but what, what but like, just give a specific, yeah, like, well, what for, would you be doing different? For me personally, like I went to community college right after high school and then I stopped and I started working and now I'm 24 and I'm still finishing community college to transfer. Like that's something I'm like, I could have had this done. And I know now it makes sense to me like, okay, I had to go that route to figure out what I'm doing and I learned a lot doing it. But I feel like that's such a common thing for people our age. This is a whole nother topic that I feel we need to talk (laughs) about. And I think it's a good topic because I have a very negative experience from university. Okay. I I went to university. I paid for it myself. And what I've learned from it is not what's being marketed. So I feel it's kind of like sports where if you're meant to be a baseball player, get your dad out there hitting baseball for you every day. But if you're just a guy that likes to play sports, don't take it too. Don't really waste your life doing that. You know, it's good for exercise. And I feel like universities like that. Like if you're, if you want to be a doctor, I get it. You gotta, you gotta get that piece of paper and it's the pros, you know, you're a professional, but the kind of the, the, the dark arts or whatever you want to call them things that don't require a degree to make it. Um, I don't think you necessarily have to go to university. You need to work under somebody that's doing it. So like, let's say if you want to be a marketer, if you want to be in advertising, I actually think the best advice to an 18 year old kid, go, go to a guy who's running an advertising company and go, I'll work for free for you. Literally, I'll do whatever you want and just learn. He'll get you doing everything. All right, do this. Like, and just learn as much as you can and sponge it up. So that I'm going completely off topic, but this idea like, oh, I don't have my degree yet and I'm 20. I really don't think that it matters. Right. Unless and you want to be a lawyer or yeah. doctor, which she does, you know, right. Uh, well, she yeah, does. I'm just saying I want a scientist. That's, okay. Yeah. So well, for me, like I want that. I'm just saying like, I feel like people our age group in general or even, you know, different ages feel like they haven't done enough, not specifically. I think there's a lot your of degree, but just in general, like, oh, I don't have this job yet. Like, how do you, how yeah. do you overcome that? How do you deal with that? I think there are a lot of forces outside of people that push them to do things like go to college, like societal forces. Yeah. And I think those forces push a lot of people into doing something that they don't necessarily want to be doing just because they they feel like it's what they have to be doing. And I think that kind of in turn sort of makes those people think that they're not doing enough. By the time that they're done with college, they feel like maybe, maybe they've wasted time or maybe they, they wish they had done something different and they, they feel like even though they've, they've gone through all this work, hard work, they're still kind of in, at square one. Well, well, to answer your question, so what, what is it, what's my take on a 24 year old thinking they haven't done enough? And my, so let's use you guys. My take would be when, so I'm a generation, basically I'm like 20 years older than you guys. So I can't even do math as that. So I'm like um, but whatever. I'm like we'll older it. than you guys and 24 was like a long time ago. Uh-huh. And so I feel like enough time has passed between yeah. when I was 24 and you're 24 to like things that changed a lot. And the biggest thing I would say is I was a loser. 
at 24. Right. Like legit loser. Uh-huh. I was I could barely pay my rent. I nobody wanted to hire me. I like I could I can only work for myself and uh physically, mentally, I was at a much like more immature like I feel like kids are maturing so quick, but underneath it's fake. It's like mm-hmm. everybody's posturing now. Everyone's pretending right. like they're mature. But like if they really had some stress in life, they would break. And I feel like your 20s, like up to your 30, like it's just failure. Like you're really, you can't compete in the big leagues in your 20s. Like you just don't have the, you haven't made enough mistakes to have confidence. You haven't gotten enough fights. You haven't like, you're just kind of like, and that's where I do agree with university. It shelters you from the real world. And because you need that, like you're not ready to at 18 to go out and. No, but I think if you, I think if you do just go out at 18, you'll you're be go, you can do it. You can before. do it. It's just yeah, it's it's gonna be messy. It's you guys yeah. aren't gonna look like you. Like yeah. you're gonna be a mess. You see, but you will come like through it because you always do. It's just uh, the biggest difference I noticed with this generation is just they're too polished. They know too much. Like well, I know too, too many twenty-four-year-olds who have like perfect diets. They know exactly what to eat. They're going to the gym. Like they got all all the informations there, and they're doing. They're following all the rules. But part you need the organic failure. Like you need the like gritty, dirty likeness mm-hmm. of life of just failure. Yeah. Like of not having a good life. Like yeah. life sucks. Yeah. To kind of make you tough. So when you do hit thirty, you're an animal. Opposed yeah. to like everything's perfect, everything's perfect, everything's perfect, and then I think there's a lot of awareness of because you you bring up going to the gym and eating healthy and you know all of those types of things I think are very much associated with people who have been successful, and I think that there's an incredible amount of awareness among you know kids in our generation you know at what fifteen probably to thirty. There's a lot of awareness among them of those things. And like, opportunity. Yeah. There's but a I lot think, of opportunity what, for young people. Like, yeah, oh I yeah, didn't have the opportunity. Yeah. But what happens, though, is these, they, they see these successful people doing these things like eating right and going to the gym, being healthy, waking up at 5 a.m., going to, you know, all these things. That but what are, about just making money? Like, I know, but that's, how many that's 24 year olds yeah, do you know that have a million to. bucks yeah, from a I'm podcaster? Right. Like yeah, I never, they, that, that didn't they, exist yeah, in my they, like. Yeah, they and we think, have access to all of that because exactly. of yeah. technology, which yeah, is yeah. like great and also kind of weird. And I think it's, they think, and that's why I think you're thinking you're behind because you see say, these twenty like, year olds like driving a Ferrari. Like for yeah. me, well, that's I why. never saw that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like nobody that, was successful. Is that good or bad? Like I don't know. That's that's the yeah. thing. Like I feel like it can. Well, that's why I was saying it's it, like my dreams are set. My goals are huge, mm-hmm. but that's why I have to have milestones because I'm I'm like you've got to be real. Like I'm not going to reach these dreams or and goals for another ten years. You know. And when I was but, your age, my goals were. I had no dreams or goals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just like I'm a loser. I just want to pay my rent. We I couldn't talking, think of like being successful. Yeah. We were talking before about like being exposed to that. And like you probably weren't exposed to no, that. No, there we, was no internet. We, like you didn't yeah. know about other yeah, people being are successful. Expo- like we know what that looks like. We well, we think we know what that looks like, and that's what well, I was getting. That was that was the that was the point that I was going to make. Is that it's t- completely di- like there are successful people who are probably eating like you said, Twinkie. You eat Twinkies. You you literally said Let the earlier. record show that yes. Kyle eats Twinkies. Right I would eat, I would else. eat raw pasta. Yeah, just like a box of eighty cent pasta. Yeah. Pasta, pasta. You're not even saying it. Like he doesn't know how to pronounce pasta, and he's a successful. But you're hitting on something good here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They so they see all these things and they associate them with being successful. So they want to and they mimic. They mimic. Not only do they see it, but they mimic. That's what I'm saying. And it's very easy for me to see posturing. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's like they're. Like it's obvious. They they look exactly and talk exactly like a successful person. Yeah. But it's like the kid who's never been in a fight, mm-hmm. who's got his black belt and he's got his yeah. tattoos, yeah. but for some reason you just know this is, yeah. he, he's not the guy. Mm-hmm. And it's the same in business where the kid's got the perfect clothes, he's doing all the right things. Yep. You're, 
you'd get eaten alive. Yep. But do you feel like part of getting to that level is like faking it till you make it? Like, no. act like you don't? You, I, I honestly, the more, I, the every time I faked it, everyone, everyone could knew? see it <laughs> except me. Well, yeah. And that's why you surround yourself with good people because yeah. they'll tell you, hey, stop doing that. Well, I mean, I feel like there's a difference between <laughs> Shout somebody out to like Megan Aruba. not being genuine, like faking it, like isn't necessarily a good person and somebody who's like, Maybe doesn't have the confidence there, but is trying to get it there. That's kind of what or I. Or in mean. my like, case, what do you I've think about that? faking it till you make it. Make it is, it's kind of a weird thing. It like in my, I think it can be a good thing and it can be a very bad thing. In right. my case, that's what I'm. If you get at. caught, well, okay. In well, my, in my case, at. there's like two sides to that. When it comes to that's a to, good point. When that, it comes that, yeah, to, I want to dive into that. Yeah, when it comes to cr- like creative work, like building a website. Or taking, you know, doing a commercial photo shoot or producing a film for whatever. There's a lot of like portfolio work that's expected of you before you can get hired for those types of things. And in my case, sometimes, I mean, I would go out and film stuff just for myself to put in a portfolio to make it look like I had been paid to do these things in the past. But it's it's a difficult thing knowing that you're able and you're you're more than capable of producing the type of work that the the person is looking for but then not getting hired for it because you've not done it in the past and i think if you're just trying to put something together that makes it look like you've done a thing in the past knowing full well that you're able like 100% able to do that thing i think it's okay to kind of fake it just to get your way in the door like to to get your foot in the door but I think, you know, it, it, there are other situations where faking it's like if you're acting like you have a billion dollars. But and, you're and saying something different. And this is you're saying lying. <laughs> so you're 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 using no. the word you fake. Lying. You're lying to get the job. And I agree. That's OK. As long as you deliver. So if you've never built genuine, no, but as long as you deliver. So if you yeah. if you someone goes, hey, can you build me this website? And you go, yep. Yeah. And you've never done and you've ne- you don't know if you can. Right. As long as you know, no matter if this person gives me money, I will go broke building this website. Yeah. If you have that, it's okay to lie. Yeah. But what I'm talking about is faking it, is walking around yeah. like you're the biggest website right, builder. I, yeah. And I think that that's a form of posturing and it'll end bad. Yeah. I don't I think <laughs> this is weird. I think a little lie is okay. Yeah. As long as it's like borrowing money. Yeah, yeah. It's nothing wrong with borrowing money. As long as whoever gives it to you, you will you will die die to pay this off. Mm-hmm. You will you will always pay back your debt. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lie is like a debt. You can lie, but now you're in debt to that person. And as long as you pay your debts, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong like I've done it be, I, you have to lie. Like uh-huh. if you have a resume and you don't lie, I feel like you're not going to get the job. You're not going to get the job. <laughs> yeah, but as long as you, point, if yeah. they hire you and you, every single day you wake up, you give it your all, mm-hmm. th- there's nothing wrong with yeah. it. And, and I think that no one cares. And telling a lie, it's just part of life. Mm-hmm. And it's messed up to admit that, but it's it's the truth. Yeah. But I don't posture. And I, that's yeah. the big. I think, I think in my case, the phase of like kind of having to, tell those little lies to get those first couple of jobs is sort of more over now than it was a year or two ago. It's never going to be over. You know, <laughs> You're but just going to tell bigger lies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're never going to get out yeah. of it. It's but just I, a part of life. Yeah. It really is. Like, yeah, but the, I think, here's a quote from the Pope. All right. I'm Catholic. <laughs> I never lie, but the truth isn't for everyone. The Pope, the Pope said, said that. that. <laughs> Pope really? John Paul. I never lie, but the truth isn't I'm for everyone. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. We could do a I whole think, episode on that. The, yes. Lies. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it starts to feel a lot less like a lie though. But that's what it but just call it what it is. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. You know, you can <laughs> you can sell it any way you want, but yeah. when you break it down, it's telling a lie to to get your foot in the door. Yeah. It's like if someone asks you, Do am I fat? The guy's five hundred pounds. Yeah, you're a fat pig. You Whoa. don't do that. I'm no, but that you don't out. do that, right? But that's what you're thinking. You tell a lie. Nah. Nah, bro. Nah, nah I just... 
This is way different. <laughs> I would Sorry, never do such thing. a thing <laughs> out loud. Well, whatever. Sarah's underlining the words social media versus traditional media. That might be a cliffhanger for next time. Yeah, I could go on about that because yeah. you know how I feel. I think we need to put the gloves on on that one. Yeah, that one. Yeah, we're we're bringing in the Everlast, the Everlast helmets and putting in the mouthpieces, gloves. Yeah, for sure. Who wants to wear my pink gloves? <laughs> I'll wear them. Okay. Uh oh. Okay, we're Fight fighting over, over that, that too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then that will wrap up this second episode of Almost Exactly's podcast. Uh, yeah. So tune in. Tune in next time. Uh, we'll be talking probably social media versus traditional media advertising. And we will catch you then. Thanks for listening.